0: Welcome to the Pacey Performance Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Head Strength Coach for the San Diego Gulls, Justin Rothling-Shofer, and Head of Hockey Performance at UMass Lowell, Devin McConnell. Thanks to tune in to episode 179 of the Pacey Performance Podcast. Before we start and say anything else, I'd like to apologise to Justin for absolutely butchering his name. As Martin Bushite found out, it took me about 100 times to practice his name and get it nearly right. But um, I think I've absolutely butchered that, so apologies. And I can just imagine the people out there listening who are, in, uh, who are enjoying that. Uh, me butchering the name again, but thank you for uh, for tuning in and listening to this podcast with Justin and Devon. So Justin and Devon have recently bought brought out a book called Intent. So we dive into the reason behind the writing of the book, and it always fascinates me just the fact that one person or two people have clubbed together to write a book, and the process they go through to do that. Why they've uh, come to the realization there's a gap in the market for them to to fill. Um, So we have a little chat around uh, current practices when it comes to assessing athlete readiness. Uh, We talk about the positives and negatives, kind of what's going on the field at the minute, how that may differ from uh, on both sides, Atlantic and uh, in Australia. So we discuss the intent system, which they've created and which they outline in their book. Uh, what it is, improvements on current methods, on current protocols, and how that fits into or how that could potentially fit into the day-to-day lives of strength coaches and sports scientists. Then we obviously dive into the book itself um, and the kind of background, why it was written. Like I say, gaps in the market and um, where they see it positioning amongst other books that are uh, already out there or have, uh, have come out very recently. So really interesting chat with these guys. Um, I've only had a handful of people on who've got eye socket backgrounds. So it was great to get another two guys on and I really like the dynamic of, of having three people on at the same time, myself and two others. So it was great to have these guys on who are obviously working together very closely um, and are able to bounce off each other. So really appreciate them guys coming on.
1: We need to be able to do a lot of different things really quickly. I don't have, I don't have an hour, uh, before we train our athletes every day, uh, to be able to go sift through all of the data, uh, and figure out what's the best plan of action for 30 different players. I need to be able to make, uh, adjustments quickly on the fly and, and in the immediate. So it's pretty common right now that, that really the sports science hat falls on, you know, the strength and conditioning coach.
0: But just before we do get into this episode, I want to say a big thanks to Vald Performance for sponsoring this episode today. So if you haven't heard of Vald Performance, they are the guys behind the Nordboard, the Groin Bar, and the all-new Human Track. So if you haven't heard of either of them three products, visit ValdPerformance.com or follow them on Twitter at Vald Performance. So their all-new Human Track system is a motion capture system which integrates the Xbox Kinect and four IMUs worn on both wrists and both ankles. So Human Track has been initially validated against the gold standard in Vicon with some really positive initial results with some more to come which will be openly available via the Valve Performance website when they do become available. So if you, like I said, if you are interested in getting to know about any of them three products, visit valdperformance.com or follow them on Twitter at Valdperformance. Also sponsoring this episode today is Force Dex. So big thanks to Force Dex for their continued support of the podcast. And if you are looking for a force plate hardware and software solution, visit forcedex.com but also have a little look at episode 139 of the Pacey Performance Podcast, so that's at strengthofscience.com forward slash 139, where co-owner of 4 Dr. Daniel Cohen, goes into a lot of detail with regards to all aspects of jump monitoring. Um, It's certainly not a sales pitch for 4 But you can get a real understanding of the capability and ease of use of uh, as with regards to the the software. So, if you are interested, Forstex.com is their website and follow them on Twitter at Forstex. So, without further ado, over to the podcast with Justin and Devon. Thanks for tuning in to the Pacey Performance Podcast. So today I have Justin and Devon. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks so much for having us on. No, it's good to have you guys. And um, I'd just like to put it out there. I completely screwed up with the tech on this side of things. So thank you to you both for sticking with me. Um, but for anyone that doesn't know who you guys are, maybe starting with Devon, just want to give us a bit of a background on yourself, um, what you're currently doing, uh, education-wise, et cetera.
1: Yeah. Um, so my name is Devin McConnell. I am the head of ice hockey performance at a university called the the University of um, Massachusetts at Lowell, uh, which is just outside the Boston area in the U.S. I oversee um, basically all areas of, of physical development for our our Division One ice hockey team, uh, and I oversee some some training perspectives and and, and training programming uh, with some of our other teams, our field hockey team here on campus, uh, and so basically. My role is, is to oversee everything that we can do off the ice to help our players be better on the ice. Um, my background a little bit before I, I uh, started working at Lowell, which I've been um, in my current position for about seven years, I worked at Stanford University in California. And prior to that, uh, I got my start in the field at Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning here again in the, in the Boston area. Uh, from an education standpoint, I have a, a, a bachelor's and a master's in exercise science. Uh, from Fitchburg State University uh, as an undergrad and, and California University as a graduate student. Uh so my background uh, is obviously in, in clinical exercise physiology and exercise science. And yeah, that's kind of uh that's kind of the background uh short and sweet and that's where I've come from and, and that's where I am now.
0: Nice. So just just before we get onto uh Justin's intro, how much of a an influence does Mike continue to be in your kind of day-to-day practice?
1: Yeah, uh Coach Boyle's a, a big influence. Uh, he was a, certainly was and continues to be a mentor for me and somebody I stay in touch with a lot. Um, so, yeah, Mike's a, Mike's a big influence for me and, and uh, sort of how I think about about training and, and um, what my philosophy in training is and, and it all kind of stems from, from there and, and from my kind of original experiences in the field and, and how things have progressed. Um, MBSC and, and Mike Boyle have been a big influence on me.
0: Nice. Over
2: to you, Justin. Absolutely. So, um, I'm the, uh, head strength and conditioning coach for the San Diego Gulls in the American Hockey League, uh, which is the, uh, AAA farm system for, uh, the Anaheim Ducks in the NHL. Um, and, uh, in accordance with the, uh, the Anaheim Ducks, I do all their, uh, fatigue management and, uh, player monitoring through technology and to work with their head strength coach, uh, Mark Fitzgerald, um, uh, to help him, uh, uh give him feedback on, what's going on within his players and how to uh, better implement things and and power track throughout the year and uh, use the heart rate and GPS systems that they're utilizing there. Um, I came here from uh, Miami University, uh, which is in Ohio, and was their uh, uh, head strength and conditioning coach um, for men's hockey there. And uh, prior to that, was at uh, the University of Louisville, where I got my uh, master's degree as a, a graduate assistant working with uh, women's basketball baseball uh, men's and women's soccer and um, uh, proud of that uh, I was a player and uh, and played and uh, I got my undergrad from Westfield University in Massachusetts uh, not too far from where Devon's located actually and um, that was kind of my way through the field and uh, and how I got to uh, to where I am now
0: superb and you guys obviously met at uh, at the university no yeah, actually, so we, we- We've been,
2: uh, we've been working together um, in terms of um, a collaboration uh, probably for the last year and a half, and uh, uh, before that, um, we'd crossed paths many a times uh, just at different conferences and um, uh, t- just knowing each other in the field. We've got a lot of uh, familiar um, colleagues that – um, uh, or acquaintances that uh, you start to meet, and and your network within the strength and conditioning community, uh, as we all know, is pretty small. So uh, you cross paths, and then uh, the hockey world's even smaller than that. So um, Dev and I had come across each other uh, a couple times before we uh, started to to dab a little bit deeper uh, together in, in a few different projects.
0: Nice. <coughs> excuse me, I'm going to be intermittently coughing and spluttering throughout this cause I'm full of coal, but we'll, uh, we'll edit that after. Um, so you guys took the jump and decided to write a book together. So that's obviously a, um, a big, a big commitment. How long has that been in the making?
1: Yeah. Uh, so we, we just recently came out with a book, uh, went live, uh, on Amazon and Barnes Noble, etc. a few weeks ago now. Um, it was about a year in total that the project took, uh, from sort of um, when we first kind of got to talking about it to to obviously when it was actually published and, and came out. Um, basically, the kind of the the backstory is, as Justin said, we've you know crossed paths numerous times and gotten to know each other over the years. But we were both speaking at a an NSCA hockey clinic in Colorado Springs a year ago, and we more or less we're, were kind of speaking on the same talk topic on, on sports science and how we utilize technology and, and the methodologies within our own training programs. And we realized that there was a lot of crossover sort of organically, that we were both doing a lot of the same thing. We'd kind of come to those conclusions on our own, but we're doing a lot of the same things. And we were also getting a lot of the same questions from people. And, and we realized that, you know, we've got a decade or so experience kind of making mistakes in this area and, and figuring out what works for us and, and, and how to develop a system that that is useful from a sports science standpoint. Um, And, uh, we could probably put something down on paper that would be, that would be helpful and beneficial and help people avoid some of the mistakes that that we've run through. So the, the book was about a year total from, from kind of that conversation on. And, um, it's been, uh, thus far, it's been really exciting. It's been very well received and, and, uh, hopefully it kind of keeps going and and we get a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of dialogue from it.
0: So is there anything out there currently that kind of, not matches what you guys have done in terms of the kind of content of the book, but is there anything that comes close to it that people might be able to relate to in terms of what's out there already? Or is this kind of a, a very individual kind of concept?
2: Uh, we, when, uh, when writing this book, um, we find, we, we really identified a kind of a gap in the, uh, in the field where we felt that there was a lot of information on how to gather data, um, how to record data, a uh, game changer by furnace caught for is obviously a great book that, um, Devin and I have both read and, and utilized to, to, to implement. But, but what we found was, um, a lot of coaches, uh, and, and trainers and practitioners were still not understanding or able to, uh, comprehend or, or implement, um, changes based upon the data they were gathering. And so, um, we found a, a big gap in that uh, from the, from taking the information to then be able to have some type of action uh, put with it. So, so we found that th- there was just a, a lack of understanding for for whatever whatever uh, purpose that may have been, and that was kind of our, our ideal premise for writing this book. And uh, so, in in terms of having something that. Uh, that this is similar to, it, it, it really is very unique in, 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 in nature. And, uh, uh, the feedback that we've been getting from, from coaches, trainers, um, athletes, uh, even sport coaches for that matter. And, um, I mean, I can even go and say as far to the general regular population, such as my mother, um, who, uh, who's read it, um, uh, was actually able to understand it and, and, somebody who has no training in the field whatsoever could go and, and, and take data and uh, or something as easy as a heart rate monitor and actually be able to then identify what they need to do or how they can change their training based upon uh, just a very simple tool.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's let's have a little chat about what you see or what you've seen and what kind of led up to the the creation of the book and the writing of the book and what's actually out there at the minute in terms of data collection and the, the kind of um, practices that you were seeing that obviously you thought, oh, okay, there's a, there's a gap here because people need to know X, Y, and Z. What, what, what are the common problems that you see? Yeah. I
1: mean, I, I think Justin kind of hit the nail on the head. I think one of the biggest problems is, is not uh, how to collect information or, or how to utilize a specific tool Uh, you know, there's plenty of great research or or, or great, you know, great books out there and great, great stuff out there on velocity based training on, on GPS training on, uh, you know, internal loading. Um, but how do you, how do you take these different pieces of information and disseminate what matters? Put them into a holistic system that allows you to make actionable change. And so really what the, the premise of the book is, is not detailing, you know, how to use velocity based training, how to use a heart rate based system. It's how to take that type of information, uh, regardless of your budget level. Uh, whether you have, uh, you know, sort of the gold standard, you're at the professional level and can afford any tool, or, or you know, you're at the, the high school level and you basically have no budget and your pen and paper. But how do you take all of these different areas and make sense of what the information is telling you, not just by itself, but in relation to uh, all of the other metrics that you may you may have? How do you look at subjective questionnaire data? Uh, next to power profiling data, uh, next to uh, session RPE data, and come away with a, a, an easy conclusion, a, some way to make change, you know, in the moment, in the short term, uh, that's going to affect your athletes, and not just collecting information, collecting data, and, and looking at it, you know, just on the back end and trying to figure out what went on. And, and that's certainly a piece of the puzzle. And we want to look at at the front end and the back end. But I think that the area that we found really lacking. Um, from a discussion standpoint, certainly you know th- this is why we decided to write this book because we just never found anybody that has explained how do how do you put these pieces kind of together? how do you build a system uh, to make more sense of this uh, instead of you know just how do you use this tool or that tool uh, and what does that that exact data point tell you?
0: Do you think often people are getting so caught up in the next thing, the next tool. People love tools, whether it's, I don't know, social media, it's marketing, whether it's doing podcasts, whether it's GPS or heart rate or whatever it may be, people are obsessed with the next thing. Do you think people get clouded with so many things that they think they should be doing because the team down the road are doing it or they've heard someone talk about it? Rather than asking the question, what question have I got to answer? And what tool is out there to answer it, rather than just what they do is go to the tool first and then think of the question second. Is that a common problem that you've seen with the people? Absolutely, I mean,
2: uh,
0: uh,
2: for sure. Without um, without mincing words or anything else like that, it it you kind of really identified the problem. Is there's so much out there? There's so many different possibilities, so many different options for coaches and athletes now that what happens is. The the company or the product will come to you and say, "Hey, we have identified this, whatever X is," and coach goes, "Oh wow, I I need X, I need I need that in my system," and so they bring that in. And then another company says, "We've identified Y," and say, "Oh, I I need Y, I need to get that in my system," and it keeps going on and on and on before you have six or seven pieces of technology. Well, now you're collecting six or seven different data points or maybe you're collecting 50 data points off of these six items but and it's great you're housing everything you've got a you've got cool little apparatuses from force plates to heart rate monitors to GPS monitors to HRV to velocity based metrics to um, uh, brain sensors to sleep sensors to uh, nutritional scans to hydration analysis you name it, it you, you've got it but now all you have is a plethora of data sitting there that really at the end of the day, doesn't mean anything at the end of the year, you'll go through it and you'll look at things and go, Oh, look at how this trend happened and this trend happened. And, and and you're studying it and looking at it, which is great because it might give you some better insight for the next year. But how about on a day to day basis in terms of how it's affecting how you do business or how it's affecting how you um, make decisions for your athletes or how it affects uh, your day to day choices that you're making uh, from a practice or a a weight room setting uh, for your athletes, and that's really the ultimate question that we wanted to have was we wanted actionable um data we wanted actionable information that can have an influence on what's happening on a day to day basis and when that doesn't happen that's it just turns into c- capturing data and when you're just capturing data, it turns into it, it bogs you down it doesn't allow you to um, really have a effect on your club or your individual or, or your athlete um, on a day-to-day basis. And that's really what we've identified uh, within this is how to make it actionable, how to make it um, informative so that on a day-to-day basis, in real time, you can make a choice on whether that athlete needs to be pushed further or whether we need to back off, rest, and recover. Um, whether that uh, athlete uh, is progressing or whether they're regressing. And so these immediate actionable um, uh, points is, is what ultimately makes uh, intent special in, in the field.
0: So this is why, and I've got personal experience of being a, in a company that has, uh, has gone all in on uh, acquiring and, and adding to their own AMS. So there's a number of AMSs out there that are all vying for the business of the NFL and the Premier League and the NBA. But what makes, obviously, less, I suppose the best thing to do is kind of dive into the system and the the content that you you put out in this book. What is the system? Like, how is that done? Because there's so many companies out there trying to do it and trying to sell this dream of pulling it all together. But how, what makes what you've uh, put into this book different to what they're trying to do as businesses.
1: Well, from, from our experience, um, athlete management systems are, are fantastic tools. Um, we both, we both use systems and they're very important to what we do for the most part. However, the problem is that they, they allow you to collect lots of information. They store the information. Um, they can be set up to, uh, provide some, you know, uh, color coding or or traffic lighting of individual data points and and, um, different different pieces of technology that you might be using, but we've never come across anything that takes all of those things and puts them into one place and says, okay, um, your scores are X, Y, and Z from your four different monitoring tools. This is what you do. And so the book, the book really starts with outlining how you build a system from the ground up. Um, and again, sort of regardless of budget point, we try to illustrate some, some different options, uh, and different ways to go about monitoring athletes, tracking athletes and making sense of that information. But from the book, uh, has spurned the intent system, uh, which is a cloud based system that, uh, is, a, is a readiness monitoring tool that then provides actionable data. So the way the system would work is an athlete uh, would come in to the weight room or to the training center and uh, fill out their their basic wellness uh, inf- uh, questionnaire on, a, on an iPad or, or something like that. Uh, they would do their resting heart rate test and input that information and then uh, provide some uh, or go through some type of, of central nervous system power output type test, which again could be a, a number of different uh, tools or metrics. Uh, but something that's going to provide some level of, of power output. And the system is going to take all of that information collectively, and it's going to make sense on a holistic basis of what all that information is telling you. So instead of the coach looking at four or five separate pieces of information and trying to decide in the moment, uh, well, this score is high, this score is low, that score is average, and this score is high, what do I do with this athlete? And then multiply that by the 30 athletes that the, the, the sport coach has or the strength and conditioning coach has all at one time. Where do you go from there? And so the intent system takes that information, collaborates it, um, runs it through our algorithms and comes out with an action plan and says, for today's session, based on all the information inputted, we want to work at this level, this RPE level, this bar speed level, this heart rate zone etc. and it it just simplifies what the coach needs to do. So instead of trying to look at at five different pieces of data from 30 different athletes all at once and then get a training session going, all you have to look at is what the system says, "Hey, this is where your guy is, make this adjustment." Now the coach can get to coaching. And that's what we wanted to try to put together and we think we've we've got something that that um that really ties these pieces together and simplifies sports science for for the strength and conditioning professional that like a lot of us, is wearing a lot of different hats.
0: So, what? So, what's the back end built on? Is it a, uh, something that's kind of uh, open source, or is it a, a current AMS that's out there?
2: It's it's on a uh, current AMS, but uh, uh, it's got our uh, it's got our own secret special sauce in there.
0: <laughs> so the the I'm just trying to play. Well, not trying. I just am. Um, um playing devil's advocate a little bit and just from the conversations i've had with people regarding ams's um how can what do do people can people get access to the algorithms and the weighting of certain metrics which is then pumping out this um this recommendation or is that kind of kept under wraps that's going to be more proprietary
2: for us um Uh, We've developed these algorithms and these data sets over uh, a five-year period um, of both Devin and my experience from a range of athletics, uh, from spanning from hockey to football to baseball to basketball to soccer to field hockey to track and field, swimming, golf, diving, you name it – the data has been pulled in and and put into accordance, um, both from actual data as well as our, our experience. So, um, the, the algorithms and the, the data sets and everything, uh, for that are proprietary, but, um, in terms of what you're using to gather the information, um, and, uh, and and by that I mean what you're gathering, uh, the peak power wattage numbers or um, speed numbers or whatever that can be, that's all customizable, that's all based upon you and your system and choice of implementation so there's a lot of customization allowed within the system uh, but it allows for the creativity of the coach and um, the uh, uh, uniqueness of every facility to still be intact, it's not putting you inside a box, it's allowing you to be you and be creative, and um, choose what you you want to do.
1: And one thing that, and I think one of the areas, as, I think one of the areas that's really exciting for me. You know, this is where obviously we all, we all know all of us that, that deal with sports science. We get the, the pushback that um, you know, well, one one number doesn't doesn't dictate you know an athlete, or uh, that that piece of information doesn't doesn't you know uh, encapsulate the entire picture uh and that couldn't be more true the the idea behind what we've developed is is not to have a rigid um set in stone set in stone uh set of uh, of 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 recommendations but really have have a flexible system that allows the coach to make to make the adjustment the coach to make an interpretation based on uh, a a wealth of data instead of instead of being pinpointed to down to one Tool just looking at, at HRV or just looking at power output, uh, but now it, it simplifies the situation for the for the coach to be able to look at a bunch of different things really quickly, get some basic um, uh, recommendations moving forward, and then certainly you know it, it comes down to the art of coaching for that individual to say, hey, uh, you know what, today, um, yeah, we're going to slow things down a little bit. We're going to work in this area uh, because a lot of stuff is telling us that you're 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 cooked uh, or Vice versa, say, Hey, you know what? Uh, we're a little suppressed today, but today's the day that we're going to, we're going to grind through. We're going to find a way and we're going to learn something from that experience. And, and so we're going to push the envelope. So there's that, that's why I think it, we're both really excited about it, is it just, it, it simplifies the system, uh, for, for the, the typical strength and conditioning coach, um, or even sport coach to be able to make actionable decisions quickly from, uh, from an array of information.
0: So we're just going to take a very quick break in the chat with uh, Justin and Devon. So more of a say in part two, more discussing the Intent system, um, current practices and how their system can complement what's going on out there in the field already. So just another thank you to Black Box Fitness for sponsoring this episode today. So if you are looking for uh, bespoke gym equipment from uh, an Irish-made company, look no further than, uh, than Black Box Fitness. So they are doing projects all over the world, from Australia um, to obviously at home in Ireland to um, Southern Europe and the UK. So have a little look and check them out. They can be found at blkboxfitness.com and on Twitter at blk box fitness so one thing that really stands out to me is the fact that everything is made in Belfast uh, and shipped from there rather than been made uh, elsewhere which is very appealing to me so yeah the great guys behind the scenes and if you are looking for some uh, gym equipment make sure, you, uh, make sure you check them out so very high quality stuff, um, and I'm sure the guys will look after you if you uh, if you get in touch with them. So over to part two with Devin and Justin. Hope you enjoy, and uh, thanks again for listening. So one thing I'd like to touch on is, and um, uh, Devin, we spoke about it uh, yesterday, was the the kind of climate in the in the US and the the kind of perception that um, the kind of sports science side of things is. Um, done really well in the uk but where do you guys see sports science in the us do you like i know you've said about the strength coaches wearing multiple hats and a lot of the t- a lot of the time but do you see more kind of sports science specialists coming into the us or do you think that's kind of already happening or already happened and has maybe put people off of doing that where do you see sports science in the us at the minute and where do you think it's heading?
2: It's, uh, it's definitely, uh, starting to get more, um, attention. And I say that for a couple of reasons. One is that, uh, there is more positions being opened at the professional, um, and collegiate level. Um, both as kind of different setups, whether that's having a director of sport performance or a director of sports science that oversees the entire, um, division of sport medicine and strength and conditioning and having them oversee everything utilizing sport technology, whether that's having uh specific sports scientists and data analysts, uh, on the performance side, not no longer just on the, um, uh, actual sports side of things. Uh, so those jobs are slowly starting to open. Um, they're not, they're by no means in every, uh, professional sport league, uh, or college, uh, Uh, in the U S they're actually still very rare, but um, you start, are you're starting to see more attention uh, be brought to those. Um, Anytime the Olympics happen uh, you notice that there's always a big push and a big step forward um, in sports science. And uh, I think that's because you have a lot of uh, countries coming together and um, a lot of talking gets, uh, gets happening and uh, different exposure uh, starts to, uh, from, from different countries and different people and different teams that are brought to, to these sporting events. But um, that's definitely something that, uh, that is starting to happen. It's nowhere near where it is in the UK or in uh, uh, other parts of uh, Europe but, um, or Australia for that matter. But um, it, it, it's definitely starting to uh, get that push
1: forward um, in, uh, in the U.S., yeah, I think what's really typical in the U.S. right now, and Justin's right, there's, especially at the, you know, at the professional level, uh, the NFL, certainly the, the NBA, um, more and more so is starting to build in, in the National Hockey League. But, um, you know, it's, it's more common, um, in the U.S., uh, to have individuals like Justin, myself, that, you know, we're the, we're the strength coach. We're the nutritionist. We're the sports scientist. We're the recovery specialist, uh, and that's why that's why we've we've developed intent because we need to be able to do a lot of different things really quickly. I don't have I don't have an hour uh, before we train our athletes every day uh, to be able to go sift through all of the data uh, and figure out what's the best plan of action for thirty different players. I need to be able to make uh, adjustments quickly on the fly and and in the immediate so uh it, it's pretty typical here as, as justin said it's it's certainly growing it's going to continue to grow um as people are more and more exposed to the benefits of sports science and and where that can can help uh you know improve performances and and reduce injury rates and things like that but it's pretty common right now that that really the sports science hat falls on you know the strength and conditioning coach mm-hmm.
0: so again not to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit, but it's just interesting from some. Obviously, me being over here and just seeing the odd person, or well, quite a few people who who I've known and or known the name, and then they've gone out to the US to take a job in MLS or NBA or um, NHL or anything like that. But who are who are obviously really good practitioners in their in their field over here? Is it is he getting? Um, is it making a do? You, do you notice a real difference in the practice that you've come across in certain organisations who have gone all in on sports science, or are people still feeling the way with regards to the kind of buying from the technical side of things?
2: Uh, honestly, I think uh, you've seen a couple examples of this where teams have gone all in and brought sports scientists over and. Uh, really built their team around or their, their sports science team, their strength conditioning team around sports scientists. Um, and it actually has failed. It hasn't worked. Um, and I think that's for a couple reasons. One, I think we have to remember that we're still dealing with humans uh, at no point have we uh, started working with robots or um, computer screens to do the sport of athletes. And um, I'm not saying that you have to play the sport to, to know uh, what's going on, but just strictly sports scientists who've only worked with a lot of numbers or data or, or whatever, um, there's still a major spot and a major place for strength conditioning coaches and um, uh, athletic trainers and, 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 and sport coaches uh, but who have experience in the game and working with players on a day-to-day basis and sports science and, and better sport technology is only a, um, an additional tool that they can utilize to uh, ask better questions, gain that 1% in, uh, in, in your athletes, gain that slight edge that you may need, but that determines a win or loss. But um, I, I think that, that notion that, we just need to bring the smartest people around us, um, is not necessarily the, the recipe for success. And, uh, that, that human aspect and that coaching aspect and that art that is there, um, still very much needs to be present and, and it's healthy and well in, in the age of sport. And I think it will always be there. And I don't think that's something that can be remiss or overlooked because, um, that's a major part of, uh, of, what's, of what sport coaches, strength coaches, athletic trainers, um, personal trainers—all that's what that's what makes the job unique. And um, having a system and being able to implement something that just accompanies what you bring as a as a person and um,
1: uh, and an art is uh, it, it just bolsters what you do. And to add to that, I think in one of the areas we we talk about uh, in depth in the book. That I think is is absolutely crucial to the ability to utilize sports science and to get buy in, and I think that's one of the big problems in the U.S. is not having a, a great history with sports science. That getting buy in uh, from organizations, from from coaches, from players um, is is a huge uh, obstacle, and so being able to speak coach, being able to speak player, being able to educate and inform uh, in the language of the sport, in the language of the player why these things matter, that's really, at least in my experience, that's been the key to being able to utilize sports science uh, and, and get and get great buy-in and get great results uh, with some of these tools uh, while we've developed our system is, is because, um, at least in my setting, and again, I'm very much like Justin, I'm a former hockey player, I can speak the language of the game to the coaching staff. I can explain what uh, internal training load metrics mean in their terms how that relates to, to game performance how that really relates to technical and, and tactical uh, strategies in in our sport and I think that's one of the areas that's been a struggle with people coming over um, being absolutely without question great practitioners brilliant um, brilliant you know people uh, but perhaps uh, not being given the, the latitude uh, to be able to to r- relate their knowledge and information, and, and what the data is telling them, in a manner that reflects uh, what what the the sport coach and the sport player need to be able to hear to understand that.
0: Mm-hmm. I know there's there's people like uh, Brett Bartholomew out there who are who are banging a really interesting drum about about how to get buy in from from players and coaches. Um, and there's a lot. Of, there is a lot of people talking about it. I spoke. To um, Hugh Fuller guy in my last uh, a couple of episodes ago, who was at, at the Raiders, and there's a lot of people talking about it, but it's 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 quite easy to talk about getting by him, but it's it's difficult to actually to do it. Is there is there anything um is there anything that in your experience, I know it's it, it probably coming from a different angle because you obviously you've been the player like you've been the players like you said uh, and and are able to talk that kind of language, but is there anything? Kind of on top of that, that has allowed you guys to get the success that you've had through getting the basically getting the players to do what you want them to do. Is there anything specific that stands out for you guys? Well, for for me,
1: and and you know, clearly, I'm I'm working in hockey now, but um, I haven't always worked in hockey. Uh, early in my career, I worked in, in basketball and volleyball, and and the the key really comes down to one of my favorite quotes and something that I, I really kind of live by professionally is. Um, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so again, all of this comes back to culture. All of this comes back to relationship building and, and being able to uh, relate to the athlete and the coach and getting them to, to understand and trust you and believe that, um, that you care about them, not only, not only their sport performance, but as people. And when they realize that you, when they believe that you have their best interests at heart, then all of a sudden, instead of me talking to them about some, data point, or even in the weight room, instead of me telling them that they need to do X, Y, or Z exercise, even if they don't like doing it, now I can relate to them. They trust me and I can, I can educate them why this is beneficial, why this is going to help them get to their goals. And that's where you start to develop real buy-in. And that's when, that's when the magic happens. That's when people start letting you, letting you do what you know you can do and letting you use some of these tools that, uh, you know, Heart rate monitors are a great example. I mean, it's it, there's horror stories of of coaches not being able to get athletes to to wear their wear their heart rate monitors. Just as such a basic thing, um, we've never had a problem with that because I can explain to our athletes and they believe me that even if even if they don't really want to wear this, even if when they leave here they're never going to wear one again, I can explain to them how this is going to help me help them help me help the team reach our goals and and it comes back to relationship building and, and really. Um, building trust and, and, and creating, creating that buy-in collectively.
2: And to piggyback on Devin a little bit, what you end up doing too, and he kind of touched on a little bit, but you identify what their motivating factor is. You identify what motivates the coaches, what motivates the GMs, what motivates the agents, what motivates the athlete. And even what motivates your clients, because everybody's going to have a motivating factor. And if you can find common ground on that, or you can understand that, you're going to have the cards laid out in front of you. And you can have your pick and choose of what you want to do with them. And you can literally say tell them anything. Because that's uh, you, you now have exactly what Devin said. You have their trust. You have a relationship with them. If Is it... Um, at the pro level, I mean, at the college level, quite often the motivating factor is to get to that pro game, to get to the pro setting. And everything that Devin's spoken about, everything Devin's doing is, gonna, is, is driven in that way to get them there. Well, once we're at the pro setting, you're you're already making money, you already have a contract. Well, some of it, it's, they're, they're an older player, their motivation factor changes. I want to be able to play with my kids later. Well, we need to keep your body healthy to do that. We, some guys want to play, they're on a two year contract. They want to be able to play for their next three year contract for the agents. They want to be able to get another two, three years out of their clients because they need them to be healthier. They need them to be at that performance level. They're the uh, GMs and owners. They want their players healthy and staying on the ice. The coaches, they want wins to get wins. They need to have their best horses running. So if you can get onto the motivating factors of each of these individuals and really listen to what they're saying and not be the guy that's going in there with all the answers, but rather listen to the concerns and the motivating factors of all of these people around you. Um, you can really be a, uh, have a major influence on, um, on people and, uh, and, and people who are ultimately making some of the bigger decisions around you.
0: Mm. -hmm. I think I've, I've, I've told this story before on, on the podcast, but when this when this kind of discussions come up, but there's a story that a friend told me who worked with the manager over here, um, who's who's a Premier League manager, and before each season he would put the calendar of all the fixtures on the wall, and there was he split everyone into two groups. He said this this is for the guys that are motivated by money, and then he'd add up all the, the win bonuses that they could get um, with the predicted. You know, they'd gone through the fixtures and said, we'll win that. We'll probably lose that. We'll win that. This is how much you can win. And this is the money you can get. If you're motivated by time and time off, because a lot, they've got so much money that the only thing that I can actually give them is time off. This is how much time off I'll give you if you win this game, this game, this game. So very cleverly. And he's known for his kind of man management skills. He'd try to cater for, and he'd be happy that if you're motivated by money brilliant this is how much you can win and if you might invite by time off perfect that's how much you can ask how much time off you can have so it's just getting that understanding what people's motivations are isn't it no matter how um skewed you think they may, they may be that's the reality these are professional athletes who have got horrendous amounts of money
1: without question without question it's it's a people business justin said it already at the end of the day um it's about relationships. It's about people. It's about motivating, and and everybody's an individual. You got to find out what makes them tick, and when you can, when you can find out what makes them tick and what matters to them, and then you can relate what you need to get done with them back to that. Then it's an easy sell.
0: Nice. So one thing I didn't run past you guys beforehand, which I should have done, but that's all right. We'll go on the fly. Is a couple of books that have been apart from your own, obviously um, a couple of books that have influenced you over the last, well, over your time as, as athletes, as parents, as husbands, as training, conditioning coaches, whatever it may be in whatever walk of life it is. Is there any two books that stand out that have influenced, influenced your life career? Uh, Definitely uh, for me, um,
2: Dan John's been a big uh, influencer on me. I've read a lot of his stuff. Uh, Hold the Rope is obviously a big one. Um, but uh, most recently, the one that I've read uh, that's had, honestly, it, it altered a lot of my um, perception and my day-to-day handlings of things, especially as life become, has become busy, is uh, The Happiness Project. And um, what it basically does is it gives different touch points and breaks things down um, over a 12-month span of how you can take different habits and focus on them every month and create your own happiness project and identify what really is important to you, identify what um, your priorities are. And helps you restructure your life in a certain way to enable yourself to f- feel happiness. And because at the end of the day, that's really what everybody wants is is to feel happy and to uh, and to feel like they're getting the most out of life. And uh, the, the book was was awesome. It was a great read and um, uh, was immediately applicable to to your life. And um, uh, and, and it was fun to read. So, um, that, that's definitely one that's, uh, that's affected me the most as of recently.
0: Nice. thanks Adam. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a big reader. So there's, there's a lot that have been, uh, been important to me and from, from a training perspective. I mean, again, my background, um, you know, my, my sort of foundation, uh, Mike Boyle and his, his thought process and philosophy. So his, his books have, um, certainly from a, a training perspective have been influential on me and, and um, you know, kind of built the, the cornerstone of how I kind of think about and, and go about, uh, you know, the physiological side of, of training with athletes. But, uh, one of the, the, my favorite all time books, um, really influential to me is, is legacy by, uh, by Kerr. Um, and you know, the story of everybody's probably read it, but the, the story of, of, uh, of the all blacks, um, and their culture and their why. And I think that that's, that's huge to me. Um, it's one of those books. I'm, I'm a highlighter. I highlight everything that I like in books, and the, basically the entire book is just yellow because uh, I go back and read it, and I just keep re-highlighting stuff. Um, but but yeah, the legacy is very influential, just from the standpoint of how I try to think about um, culture and, and building the culture that we have here at UMass Lowell, and how we've developed that over the last seven years. And and then another one that sort of fits along with that is is Start with Why by Simon Sinek, and I think that that's hugely been hugely influential to me as an idea of of really having a why. Why do you do what you do? Why do you get up in the morning? Why do you, whatever it is, what's your why? And starting with that and, and working out. And that's really, uh, in my opinion, that's a really powerful way to, to think about um, what you do and, and how to influence others and, and kind of how to how to live your life. So those have been really important books for me.
0: Superb. Thanks that, guys. Um, and where can people... Um, where can people get in touch with you? Are you, on, you guys are on social media, and more importantly, where can people get to know a little bit more about your, your system that we've talked a lot about and the book?
2: Absolutely. So the, uh, the book is available on all major retailers, so Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, Chapters, uh, Indigo for our Canadian friends, uh, um, and then uh, it's available on iBooks as well as Kindle if you want the ebook version. Um, but all the information is available also on our website at uh, www.intent-us.com. And uh, you can learn more about the, uh, the software system on there. You can get in touch with Devin or I on there. And uh, uh, you can also purchase the book from there as well.
1: Superb. And social media. Yeah, that and I'll, I'll. Sorry, Devin. Yeah, social media-wise. Social media-wise, uh, uh, at M C C O N N E L L. At uh, D McConnell for both uh, Instagram and uh, and Twitter, and I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty alive on Twitter, so I like to have heated, friendly discussions on Twitter <laughs> all the time. So that's always a fun place. So to, don't, to so get don't yell at, Don't yell at
2: Devin; he'll go into a shell.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then uh, I guess since we're throwing uh, handles out there, I'm uh, at innerstrength nineteen, then at Inner nineteen. That's on Instagram and at jrothstrong.com, at jrothstrong on Twitter.
0: Nice. Superb, guys. Well, again, sorry for uh, my technical hitches over the last couple of days, but really appreciate you coming on and having a chat and uh, and sharing your journey.
2: Well, no, thank you, Rob. I really appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. This is a, I've, I've been a big fan of your podcast for a long time and, and got a lot of really, really valuable knowledge and, and information from you and from your guests so it's, it's been a real honour to, to be on I appreciate your time
0: thank you very much guys and we'll uh, we'll catch up soon thank you very much absolutely thank you thanks for tuning in to episode 179 of the Pacey Performance podcast massive thanks to both Justin and Devon for giving up their time bearing with me with some technical problems and uh, and giving me their time for the podcast so thank you guys for tuning in and having a listen uh, I hope you enjoyed it uh, thank you to the sponsors. So Val Performance, Forstex, and Black Box Fitness. So they can be found at ValPerformance.com, uh, Forstex.com, and BLKBoxFitness.com respectively. So some cool guests coming up over the next couple of weeks from a variety of backgrounds. Make sure you make sure you press subscribe on your chosen podcast player, and they will come into your podcast app on Thursday morning UK time. So thank you very much again for tuning into the podcast and I will speak to you soon.